بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد وعن عائشة رضي الله تعالى عنها قالت ما خير رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بين أمرين قط إلا أخذ أيسرهما ما لم يكن إثما فإن كان إثما كان أبعد الناس منه ومن تقم رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم لنفسه في شيء قط إلا أن تنتهك حرمة الله فينتقم لله تعالى متفق عليه This hadith, we began the discussion yesterday. Aisha radiallahu anha narrates that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was never given a choice between two things ever, except that he opted for the easier of the two. As we mentioned yesterday, this is the mizaj, temperament of nubuwat. Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was the source of all compassion and kindness to his ummah. For this reason, in everything he looked for ease. This is in keeping with the principle in the Qur'an also, يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرِ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرِ Allah intends or desires good or ease for you. And Allah Ta'ala does not want to make things difficult. لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا Allah hasn't given you any burden that is too great for you to bear. This concept or idea that taqwa and piety requires you to make things difficult or to opt for the harder option, this goes against the mizaj of shariat. Where you are given a choice, she says in qattu, this word qattu creates emphasis. Never ever did Rasulullah choose the more difficult. He always chose the more easier. The second part of the hadith, and, um, uh, before we go, malam yakun ithman. As long as, as long as the two choices did not involve guna and sin. When it was guna and sin within the purview boundary of shariat, then he opted for the ease, easier one. But if any of the options took one towards the disobedience of Allah Ta'ala, then kana ab'adan nas minhu. Then Rasulullah Sallallahu was the most distant from that. He would not go near the disobedience of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Second part of the hadith, we began the discussion yesterday. And it's very, very important, particularly in the context of the current situation in society where everywhere we look there is conflict everywhere we look there is arguments there is dispute there is tor there is disunity and more often than not what is the cause of it this is what we call jazba of intiqam or put it in layman's terms this fire of revenge where we want to sort people out any slight any injustice that is done to us or any perceived injustice. Sometimes the injustice is not even done. We think, we heard that one is plotting, this one is planning, that one is capturing, this one is doing this, that one is doing that. And what happens is we want to fix people up and we want to sort people out. We want revenge. We want to exact our right. This is, goes against the very grain of the akhlaq and character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Many, many examples. In fact, you can't even count the examples. The more famous example, Taif, three miles pelted. Then when Rasulullah makes dua to Allah Ta'ala, angels are sent down. He's given the choice, on your command, we will crush the people of Taif. The mountains on the both sides will be brought together and they will be perished, they will be removed from the surface of the earth. Yet, no, my Allah, why la'allallaha ta'ala an yukhrija min aslabihim may yuwahidullah? 
Perhaps Allah Ta'ala from their progeny, if not them, from their progeny, Allah will bring those who will exonerate the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then when the people of Taif accepted Islam many years later, look at the, there was no trace of this revenge. You people hurt me, you people did this, you people did that. No. Bismillah set up a tent for them in Masjid al Nabawi. He made intizam for their daily feeding. He made their istiqbal, welcomed them. And then Rasulullah would take out time to sit with the people of Taif daily. The people of Taif particularly, go and sit with them. And one day Nabi Salaam got delayed, he apologized to them that I hadn't finished my hizb of the Qur'an, this is why I was delayed in coming to sit with you. So I caused you people taklif by making you wait. The same people that pelted him for three miles. Or the same people that when Aisha was asked what was the hardest day in the life of Rasulullah he said it was the day of Taif. Likewise we find that incident where the Bedouin comes and he grabs the the cloak of Rasulullah Jezabahu forcibly tugs it so that the red wealth mark is left on the neck of Rasulullah and then with great arrogance Atini mimmalillahi alladhi indak that O Muhammad I am commanding you spend on me from the wealth which Allah has given you it's not your wealth it's not your wealth Belongs to Allah. I want you to give me from there. Such arrogance and such harshness. And yet what was the reaction? Nabi Salaam smiles and says, Yes, it is Allah's wealth. I am just a distributor. Like we find in the incident of where, where it came to the distribution of the booty of Khaybar. At that time, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam favored certain people. Favored certain people some Sahaba got upset. And it even got to a point where one or two of the Sahaba accused Rasulullah of being unjust in distribution. Here also, Rasulullah no reprimand, no harshness, total complete forgiveness. So what does Aisha radiallahu say? Man taqama Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama li nafsihi qattu. لِنَفْسِهِ فِي شَيْءٍ قَدْتُ As I mentioned yesterday, when nafi, when negation comes with this word, قَدْتُ in Arabic, it creates the meaning never ever. There was never a single instance in the life of Rasulullah that any wrong or injustice or slight was done to his zat and personality and he sought revenge. No. The fire of revenge did not burn in the chest of Rasulullah. He quelled that fire completely. This was, this is mizaj in nubuwat. This is akhlaq of nubuwat. This is the character of nubuwat, the character of Rasulullah. This was that character that made people love Rasulullah. Made great, melted the hearts of the great, great enemies of Rasulullah. This, that there was no desire for revenge. Habar bin Aswad who attacked the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu pierced the dagger in her stomach. He forgave him also. And he commanded Sahaba not even to remind him of the wrong that he did after he made Tawbah. So this is a very, very important lesson for us to learn. Let go. Let go of that fire inside. 
let go of that desire of sorting people out. He didn't ask me, he didn't consult me, he didn't invite me, he looked at me like this, he did like that. Shaitan is playing with us all the time. And the greatest sufferers is ourselves if we are going to entertain that type of thing. Nafrat, hatred, desire to take revenge. Let go of that, don't carry that burden. Let your heart be light. This is a, this is a jewel of nubuat. This is a jewel of akhlaq. If we can learn to let go, hand things over to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is the decider. Sort your affair out with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So coming back to this, Aisha radiallahu anha says that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for any injustice that was done to his zaat, to himself, he never ever sought revenge. Except that the right of Allah, Allah's hurmatullah, what Allah has decreed as sacred, except if that was rent, if that was harmed in any way, in other words, the hudud of shariat, if that happened, فَيَنْتَقِمُ لِلَّهِ تَعَالَى Then Rasulullah was right in front to fulfill the command of Allah and to exact the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Injustices to himself, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa forgave. Where it involved the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where it was shariat, that is sacred. There there is no room for debate or compromise. There obviously the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be carried out. And in this instance, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa would carry out the, the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By way of summary, the importance of this hadith, we find that two very great and important lessons we learn in this hadith. The first is that where there is concession given in shariat. By concession, the term ulama ikram refer to for concession, we call this rukhsa, where there are terms in shariat. We find something is called azimat, something is called, something is called rukhsat. Azimat is where is the higher, the more difficult. Rukhsat is where concession is given. We learn from this hadith that where concession is given in shariat, then we should practice upon that concession. Utilize the concession. Allah has made things easy for you, don't try and make things difficult. Unless, of course, it requires, it, it involves sinning or breaking the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the second hadith, the second part of the second important lesson that we learn from this hadith is to that learn to pardon and to forgive and not to exact revenge, except where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's law has been compromised, where Allah ta'ala's law has been compromised, then we have to be firm and fulfill the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah gives